Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Alpha podcast post-trade 2021. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who was sick and tired of people accusing Ricky Nixon of being dodgy. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Uh, g'day, Michael. Good to see you again after our fantastic grand final post-show. That was a, a, an absolute cracker. But uh, all, the, all the celebrations have been sullied. I, I can't look at this Melbourne Premiership in the same glowing light that I did because people... Ricky Nixon, he tries to do a good deed and people, they just fucking come for him for no reason. I mean, Absolutely. what are they looking at? Are they looking at... Are they going back through his history? We've all made mistakes. Not everyone is an angel. People make mistakes. We've got to move on and start again. Ricky Nixon thought he'd do the right thing and sell. Now, people were Melbourne supporters. They couldn't get to the game. They were mad for merchandise. They hadn't won a a premiership in, what was it, 57 years. Mm -hmm. And Ricky thought, you know what? I am going to tap into this market because I'm an honourable businessman. And what I will do is I will provide these supporters with some merchandise that they can look at as they're watching the demolition of the Western Bulldogs on that great game over in WA. And people say that the, the balls that he sold some footballs and they're, they're saying they're forgeries, Michael. People have come out and said that Ricky Nixon has sold footballs for about five, $600 and they're not even real. And I say, how dare you? Say that about Ricky Nixon. Now, I know a bargain when I see one, right? I've never seen you this angry, I must say. In all our years of the yeah. podcast, I've never seen you this angry. Yeah. Apart from and that, I know that, bar- that, that, that weird rage you got into one night after partying with Ricky Nixon. That's before the call. That's a different time. Yeah. I do get angry, but I, I save it for the people who, who come for, for, for good people, right? Mm. Now, I, I don't even barrack for Melbourne, but I thought if I get my hands on one of these footies, in 20 years' time, they're going to be worth fucking probably close to half a million dollars. Like, yep. that's how rare they're going to be, right? And I, I have one of these footballs in front of me, right? And I'm looking at it. And you tell me which part of this is fucking dodgy that, that Ricky's copping these accusations for, right? Uh, it's signed here. Uh, Norm Smith medalist, Christmas Petrarca, right? <laughs> he, has, he has signed that himself, and I like it. Uh, Christian Slalom, he signed it as well. Uh, Mark Gorn, he's put his name to it. Good on him. Mark Neald. Has even got his name on there. Marcus Bontempelli yep. even added his name. The losing captain has been big enough. Even the ghost of Jim Steins has signed <laughs> this football. And people have the gumption to say that Ricky Nixon is a dodgy operator. And I, uh, I, I can't deal with it. I mean, who would have thought that some who, someone who organises a, uh, a mobile immunisation uh, clinic uh, for which he has been given... Multiple parking tickets for, and I think he actually went to the court or is in trouble for that as well. I mean, again, going around the community mm. saying, "Hey, get the jab." Yeah. <laughs> What's in it? I really don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, I've dropped I've it on the carpet. He, yeah, I've got a friend. He used to work for Essendon. 
Don't ask any questions. Trust me, you're not going to get COVID and you're not going to get a host of other things either. Dude, didn't he also run the uh, the flu shots at the, the top flu of the shots? Yeah, he did the flu well. shots before. He, I think he, he's now in the in, you know, in the immunization market. I think. Oh, it's a like natural progression. COVID, from COVID footy stuff. manager. Yeah, it's a natural progression from footy manager to epidemiologist. Dude, it's actually it's unbelievable. So uh, doesn't it feel like we've been away for like three years? Like it's only it like about three weeks since the grand final, but it feels like I've missed yeah. you, mate. I missed you, mate. Seeing your big face, your big smiley face. I appreciate that, mate. I pre- you know what? You know what's good though is to come out of the grand final, and it was a great grand final and stuff. And you go, what can we do? The trade period was a little bit, you know, a bit of a, a shit one. We'll get to that a little bit later. But nothing, nothing brings everyone together. And the the, the fans of the show who who tagged us in on Twitter and stuff. As soon as Ricky Nixon's name pops up, you go, what's it gonna be this time? <laughs> you know, you just read it. and You're like, fuck yeah, I'm on board. Let's go. What have you done, Ricky? What have you got? Oh, you've sold dodgy uh, AFL premiership memorabilia. Perfect. Like, if no. anything's going to sum a man up, it's that. That's the thing. Uh, Rick is a bit like a Catholic priest. Like, you never see a headline, you know, Catholic priest admits mm. he has a hankering for some Nandos. Like, it's never positive. <laughs> like, yeah, it's always, yeah. you see Ricky Nixon and you go, okay, what's going on now? Okay, what are the, what are the other kids going to say to his kids in the schoolyard on Monday? Like, it's always yeah. dodgy. And th- this is fucking remarkable. So if you don't know the story, so Melbourne won the flag. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. but um, And then Ricky sold some footballs, valued about 500 bucks, sold them for about 500. 575, 575 each, plus actually. $20 plus postage. Plus 20 so Fucking hell, postage. I mean, even fucking us. Yeah. Like, we only charge seven for our stubby holders, and that's on the government. Well, it's on the postage, but it's mainly on the government. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. And so he sold a bunch of footballs, right? <laughs> and... um. And turns out they uh, they had signatures on them, and in many mm. cases these signatures were not actually. Well, people were suspect that they were actually the real. Well, the sense here that I love it says, but concerns over the legitimacy of the signatures soon arose. <laughs> and I uh, think one warning sign came when a fan spotted that forward Charlie Spargo has supposedly signed his name with a <laughs> number eight, even though he wears number nine. <laughs> okay. Like fuck, Ricky, do your research, mate. Okay, can we can we just break this down? Uh, this article, Daniel Cherney wrote for the Age. Yeah. Uh, the AFL is investigating claims former player agent Ricky Nixon allegedly sold forged memorabilia uh, commemorating Melbourne's premiership. And this is the bit. Of, this is the kicker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the kicker. I hadn't seen this bit. <laughs> <laughs> While pur- purporting to raise funds for charity, that is awesome. Oh. I love it. Now I the, love every bit now of that. these people. I mean, you. It's going to the Ricky Nixon Foundation, which uh, houses schoolgirls um, at his house. Yeah, they're but troubled schoolgirls, but they're, they're, they're in yeah. trouble from him. Like, they're trying to get away from him. <laughs> but I also love the idea of, like, charity. And I guarantee you, in no way was there any mention of the charity. Like, I'm sure there was, yes. like, it'll go to charity, but no, like, charity. specific charity that it would go to. Yeah, yeah. And also... Um, you de- you'd never you would never see the breakdown of how much went to uh, one. Uh, oh no, no, Adam. That's what you got to realize. In Ricky's uh, football selling industry, there's a lot of administration costs. So, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stationery, got yeah. staplers. You know, got to hire. You get an Sharpies. office. You know, just get the sharpies. You had to buy the footies. I mean, they, they don't come cheap. So Nixon sold football said to be uh, featuring autographs of Melbourne Demons Premiership players. Advertise them. 
and this is where we know all good ads are posted. <laughs> <laughs> Advertise them on his Facebook page after last month's grand final, which means... Now. Okay. Now you go. No, I was going to say, like, if, if, if you do see the ad for Ricky's footies mm. on his Facebook page, by that logic, I'm yes. going to presume that you are following Ricky. And you That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. yeah. It's on you. Great minds think alike, yeah. Unless it was that first vet, like just say um, you're a foreigner. Like say, okay, say it's those, you know, those uh, that family in the Google ad, right, where he says what is a blinder and the little girl kicks her first goal, the African uh, yeah. family. Yeah. Right, say it's them and they don't know. He hasn't gone to Google to say what is a Ricky Nixon and Google comes back with uh, get the fuck away from him, man. <laughs> just run. <laughs> so maybe it's someone who... Because if you're on Ricky Nixon's page, you're aware possibly of his history. Yeah, you're not randomly getting on there. Like, you don't just, you know, kind of go, hmm, hmm, what should I do today? I reckon I should follow a guy who constantly shouts toot toot. I think that'd be a good yeah. idea. And also on Facebook too. Like, that just fucking... Mm. I, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, you've probably done the same. Like, I've bought ads on Facebook for comedy festival shows and stuff like that. Totally. Kind of, yeah, 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 and you kind of, you know, put them up and they, you don't really know where they go. Like, you kind of pick the range, age range, what their interests are, hoping that it might bob up on the page of someone who might, you know, be like, hey, I like comedy. I like handsome people. I like people at Barrackville Hawthorne. Uh, I might go to that show. And... Yep. <laughs> Very niche. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, anyway, okay. So the age has spoken to four D's fans, and now actually only like two paragraphs into the article, I'm actually mm. now turning on the D's fans right here. Actually, I'm actually yeah, I'm yeah. actually kind of going okay. You're the sucker here. Uh, and also the the next sentence too says they they had fucking dollar signs in their eyes as well. They purchased this the four D's fans who purchased one or more. Of these balls yeah. from Nixon. So someone's gone, mate, I can flip these. 575, I'll flip them for a grand. Fucking, you know, a lazy 425 in my pocket. Thank you, Ricky. And I'm helping out the young schoolgirls that uh, need assistance for his charity. And all of these people believe the signatures may have been forward. So, yeah, uh, 575, $20 postage. So you cheeky 600 bucks, you know, doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, what's that? What, like, like half a bottle of wine for a Melbourne fan? Absolutely, that's uh, that's your top shelf foie gras. So at least 20 Melbourne supporters were said to have taken up the offer from Nixon, who claimed that at least some of the... F- now, okay, can I clarify this too? We need to work out when did these go on sale by the fact that they're a yellow ball, they're a Sharon, and also, okay, if, if they went on sale on, like, say, the Monday after the grand final, well, the yeah, team's still in soon. WA... So then you go, or did Ricky, you know, quote unquote, well, get them signed before the grand final? No, I would say that because um, this article's from October the 11th, so that's a week ago. So I reckon he had, he would have had time to make them seem legit. Because actually, no, if you think about it, because most of the players probably wouldn't all be back in the one place at all, would they? So you'd, you'd need to think that Ricky somehow got them autographed straight after the game. But he's, uh, he's got that kind of power, Michael. Well, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, any government <laughs> welcomes Ricky Nixon into their state. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, no Eddie Maguire, but Ricky Nixon, come on in, son. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to, you know, no need to, you know, forge par- uh, documents in Northern Territory. Like, strolling in, mate, you're fine. Yeah, absolutely. We know you bring the fizz. 
basking in their new premiership glory, uh, glow, the fans were keen to get their hands on a souvenir. But concerns over the legitimacy of the signature soon arose. One warning sign, as we said before, Charlie Spigo signed his name with number eight when he in fact wears number nine. And also, this is what I love as well. One fan also thought that many of the signatures looked alike. (laughs) 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 Mate, the whole key, if you want to fake a signature, like get other people to do it. And also, you know, sign it with a different hand. You know, change things Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Hold the pen yeah. a different way. Oh, mate, different pen. You know, just change shit up. You can't do it all in the one hit while you're watching, while you're, you know, looking at people go into the bakery below your house where you did your book launch. The Age has seen private correspondence from a Melbourne player confirming to an affected supporter that they had not signed the ball. I would love to see that message. You just kind of you know, write it. What do you write a letter? I'm a li- I'm a letter writer. Do you write a letter to a Melbourne player, care of Melbourne Football Club, and you just get a, a note back going, "You're fucking being stooge, mate." <laughs> but also too, you got to go if you're the player. You go, why did you buy it off Ricky Nixon? That's the thing. And also, where like, like is it like a mail order thing? Like, is it like a PO box for Ricky Nixon? Like, or do like you know, like you said, like do you go to the bakeries out the front, you know, with a few balls going, you know. Here we go. Well, no, he's sending them to you. 20 bucks, mate. He's covering the postage. He's getting them out to you. This is a nice paragraph as well. Okay, Melbourne fan won't use his name. It's in the paper. I won't, you know, uh, don't want to affect his friends and family because, you know, he's obviously got a lot going on. (laughs) 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 Who said he was talking with a group of around 20 affected Melbourne uh, Demons fans. Claims that when repeatedly challenged about the legitimacy of the Sharons, and this will shock you, Nixon Mm. used abusive language. (laughs) <laughs> oh, there you go. And no, so that's a man, and I understand where Ricky's coming from. This is a man who's just trying to raise funds for charity. For charity. And people are questioning him, and of course he's going to get defensive about it. Those schoolgirls need somewhere to stay. Uh, another person who purchased two balls from Nixon. I mean, fuck, man. Like, I mean, I'm now, like, pretty much on Ricky's side now. Like, if you can yeah. if you can fool people like this, then it's, it's really on you. Uh, they had major doubts about the legitimacy of the signatures. They certainly look pretty ordinary. I spoke to him and he was all good. Everything went well. I just don't think they're real. So why did you buy them? (laughs) Like, can't you check them out before you actually buy them? Just kind of like, you know, go to the bakery and say, Rick, can I just kind of check that you don't have, you know, text marks on your hands? Because he's got access to footballers. You have faith in him that he is going to be providing a legitimate product, you know? And another supporter here who doesn't want to be named, very smart, uh, says that he received a private message from another player who also confirmed he hadn't signed the balls in question. This supporter has since received a refund from Nixon. Oh, see, now Ricky's... Ah, now I'm more on Ricky's side. He's providing the refund. If you want the refund, Ricky would be more than happy to kind of give back the money that he stole from you. Like, that's the kind of Ricky Nixon that we could admire. (laughs) Now, there's a man with integrity. The age has seen a photo of one of the decorative boxes. Oh, she she's gone all out. Decorative boxes containing one of the balls, uh, in which it appears that a oh. Melbourne Herald Sun Premiership poster has been papered over a Richmond Premiership poster. Okay, so, so the box was in a Melbourne. The box, um, it was a Richmond Premiership poster over the box originally. So he mustn't have sold some from last well, year. Last year, okay. And so he's gone. Well, you know, I care about the environment. Yeah. I'm not going to just throw out rubbish, you know, willy-nilly. Nah. And so I'm going to repackage it this year with Melbourne Premiership. Again, I'm on Ricky's side for this. He's, he's doing it for charity. We don't know the charity. Yeah. 
He's giving people money back that he clearly has taken from them for faulty goods. And now he cares about the environment. He doesn't want to waste. Uh, the AFL is looking into the matter. He, he is he's Australia's Greta Thunberg. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, much like Greta, uh, he hasn't finished year 10. Because uh, <laughs> she hasn't gone to school. I don't mean she can't finish year 10. I just mean she hasn't finished year 10. No, no. I, yeah, I, got, I, it? I got it. it was, it's yeah, great. Explain. So the AFL is looking into this, right? Now, do you think, is this a cop matter? Or is it just an... Uh, well, I mean, obviously... It's a step above the cops, isn't it? Black ops getting involved. Absolutely, yeah. No, there's no <laughs> doubt they're staking out Ricky's house as we speak. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you think the black ops ever get tired of just like hanging out the front of Ricky ha- Ricky's house? They're just like, they get the call and they're just like, not again. Or is it a case of like, oh, we're already here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Rick. Hey, black ops. How you going? What is it this time? The so balls? the AFL oh, yeah. is looking into this. Uh, at, uh, we don't know the result yet, but... Um, uh, if we know the AFL from any um, uh, aspects of the last, you know, number of years when they've investigated shit and people have done things wrong, nothing will fucking come of it. Yes. But what about, okay, so while we're on people who are, you know, bending the rules a little bit, how about those two Melbourne supporters who have amusingly found themselves after going to the grand final and sneaking into WA, have, and it's, a, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a comedy. This is like a movie comedy. They have hilariously found themselves in a WA prison until <laughs> December 28th. Oh, you can't write this stuff. Dude. Now, how much? Now, see, I can't ask you this question because you've seen too many in your lifetime. But as a Carlton supporter, I would need to weigh up how long do I think I would take prison for yep. to see a Carlton premiership. Yeah. And it's I reckon, I reckon it depends on... If I'm in a prison farm, I reckon I could do a month. Yeah. But if I was in like a proper prison, I, I reckon maybe four days I, I would I would give up of my life to be able to see a Carlton flag. Without getting too Ellen DeGeneres about it, I mean, obviously Melbourne's mm. been in lockdown for a long time, so that might kind of shape your perspective by the fact, yeah, if you're on a prison farm, I imagine they kind of let you wander around for a little bit. Maybe play, yeah. play for the prison team. Not bad. Yeah. Um, but I think if you kind of look at going and maybe going to a hardcore jail, I don't think... I, I, I wonder. Actually, it's, it's kind of a question with that notice, but a, a hypothetical question at notice for all the people out there. And actually, tweet us. You know, we're at Junk Time Alpha Pod on, um, on Twitter. How many, how many months or years would you be willing to spend in jail to see your team win a premiership? Yeah, because these guys copped a 10-month uh, sentence. It's been seven suspended and three in there. Now they basically they went to they went to Mount Hotham and then they went to Darwin and provided a fake address and the cops went to that address and those people were like we've never heard of these two blokes yeah and then they went into Perth and just and what I love is they, they just kept a low profile when they were there dude know? they that's went the to thing. the grand final that is then the they thing. went in the rooms after the game and were uh, photos taken with beers then they were on the ground after the game holding the premiership cup and a beer. I got a lot of questions about this shit. Okay, so, A, okay, break the law. Hey, break the law. Fine, do it. Go Go for for your life. Go for it. Don't fucking film it. Don't take photos of it. Mm. Keep a low profile, okay? And then on top of that, I'm like, how do they get in the rooms, okay? Okay, so they must have been known to someone. Uh, I think the players knew them. Well, there was also a, uh, one of them is a bar owner, 
and yes. offered to host a party for the players when they came back, which is no crime. You're allowed to do that for your big Melbourne sport. Oh, hey, yeah, totally. Open up the bar, you know, get dressed up. Maybe no, no, he was gonna he was gonna host it at his house. At his house, yes, at his house in Turak. That was in the article, and so that that's where it, it goes to me that he's obviously a um, a very high up corporate um, member of the club. So I think the play, like I think even Max Gorn is quoted in this as saying, "I saw him and just thought, oh, he must have got clearance or quarantine or whatever." Yeah, sure, gotcha. Okay, like so registered maybe that he was there and just went, oh. Okay, I didn't expect to see you, but of course, you're a Melbourne supporter. Okay, so maybe like a Melbourne version of a Carltonian. Kind of one of those yes, kind of... Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so then they got a lot of photos and they end up at the ground. Okay, and then I imagine partied with the team over the next few days mm. and then got nabbed by the cops. We don't quite know yeah. yet how they got nabbed by the cops, like who kind of ratted them out. Because I'll say, I imagine they probably showed up in newspapers or they... Um, I another question, did they put it on social media and say, hey, I'm in Perth... Look what happened. Yeah, I think they were. I think they were dubbed in by disgruntled um, friends or something, wasn't it? Is that in the article? I can't see that. But you know what I love, and, and it, there's just this, there's just this sense of entitlement that you just get. And I just, I, I want to know the backgrounds of these guys, and and w what gives them this sense that that they can do stuff that others can't. And it says here, and this is going to surprise you, that one of them went to Xavier College. Now, <laughs> what sort of person? <laughs> What sort of environment do they, what sort of people are they providing to society that they think that they can just fucking wander over and do what they want, a law unto themselves? What hey, look, look I'll just say right now, it's not the first mm. person who has been to or has worked at Xavier College who has done a stretch in jail, okay? <laughs> That's a fair point. But I wonder, like, I mean, that's the thing. I, I'm fascinated by, like, so by the end of it, they do three months. They've probably done a month already of three weeks at least. So maybe they've got to take time off for that. I do wonder if they come back, are they go like, that was a massive mistake or that was the most awesome kind of rebellious thing I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah, see, I reckon, I reckon it's getting past the tipping point of being awesome and a great story. Like, three months prison, that's a fucking stretch. And that's where you're like... God, I, I know we saw it, but if Melbourne go back to back and they're there they're, they're at the MCG next year just going, fuck, I don't reckon those horrific memories I now have from prison were worth it because I'm sitting in the members watching my team win again. And then also on top of that, I don't know if they got a conviction, but also if Melbourne maybe makes a grand final when they play um, another game, in the grand final in Shanghai in five years' time, because mm. obviously home <laughs> of football, like they go, fuck, I'd love to go there, but I can't, I can't leave the country. No, they, they do get convictions. One of them owns a bar and they're saying it might impact his liquor licence. So, so it's well worth it. I mean, they, they've seen a grand final, even though their lives are in ruin and, you know, they can't... Uh, they yeah, can't, sure, and you know, it's like, you know, their family the breaking up and they're losing all their money and they're falling in a deep depression and turning into the drink yeah. and then ending up in the streets. Like, they, they, at least they got to hold the cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I Which they could have done at a fucking family day in about a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's all worked out really well for them and, and uh, good on them. But I, I would I would do, I reckon I'll do a week if Carlton can win a flag. I'll take that. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and I'll As we both know. And I won't fucking make, I'll make sure you do that fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> I might slip a little now something Michael, in your pocket. <laughs> were you... Were you disappointed by the trade week? I know you were looking forward to it. And there was no one. All year you were saying, I am hanging out for the Continental Tyres trade week. I've been calling it the Continental Tyres trade week for probably a good 
30 years now, I reckon. Like, ever yeah. since the draft came in and, you know, we kind mm. of got well, the, the the dawn of the modern game. Often yeah. people say, you know, hey, you know, what's what are the trades going on? I'm like, whoa, 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 like I'd be at school. <laughs> like I'm 15, 14, 15. Yeah. I'd be like, well, I think you'll find it's the Continental Tires. Trade week. <laughs> period. Trade week. Yeah. I find How do you reckon Continental Tires felt, though, jumping on board? So last year, obviously, was one of the best trade periods we've ever seen. Everything went down to the wire. Jeremy Cameron to Geelong. Adam Trelaw got shafted. Collingwood had the fucking meltdown. Trade radio whipped everything into a frenzy. And that was NAB. And so NAB are gone. This is the greatest. And then Continental Tires are gone. Hey, get the fuck out of the way, NAB. It's Continental <laughs> Tires trade week now. And then it's like the dullest fucking... Like, they're making up stories and they're going, yeah. will this deal get done? And everyone's like, it's going to get done, mate. It's not a big deal. They're just going to they're gonna swap, uh, you know, fourth-round picks. I actually didn't listen to Trade Radio a great deal this year. But, but also, I mean, I, there have been years where I've been fucking addicted to it. Like, literally addicted to it. And I remember, you know, years of the draft, uh, the trade period, sorry, where they'd have a webcam of the room where you sign the papers. Yes. yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, 7 o'clock, they shut the door. 7 o'clock, they shut the door. And then, like, but if you're in the room before the door shuts, you can do the paperwork. And then literally just sitting there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just watching an old dude about to close the door. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is the most thrilling thing. Fucking hell. This is like watching Succession. This is amazing. (laughs) Give it an Emmy. Um, But this year I didn't listen to it a great deal. Also because early on it became pretty clear that it wasn't going to be a great trade period. No. It was really dull, wasn't it? But I did, and I did tune in, um, like, maybe a couple of days before it finished and within the first like two minutes uh, I did hear a great thing where the first caller okay it could, and trade radio was also awesome we love it because of the people who call up and say yes. you know and what the ridiculous about, trades they propose what about Bont and Pelly for a third yeah. round from, pick from St Kilda <laughs> like there's there's yeah. magical stuff like that that happens and it's a future third rounder, and I reckon they're going to go down. So it's actually going to serve Footscray better. And also, one of the magical things out of last year as well, and it repeats over here uh, for this this year, that uh, Giants have picked two that Collingwood yeah. gave up last year, which is like just just like as much as we had the Schadenfreude last year of Collingwood, just to get a little bit of an extra little <laughs> little like shaving a truffle, just like a little yeah, little yeah. shaving off the top of it for sec- uh, for the second year. But I, I tuned into Trade Radio, and within like the first two minutes, this bloke called up, and, and he said, um, "Hey, um, he probably said first time, long time, probably said that first yep, off, absolutely. yeah." Absolutely. And then he said, "Hey, did you um, do you think the uh, the Clarkson Mitchell handover at Hawthorne got a bit messy?" <laughs> <laughs> like, really, <laughs> messy? Yeah, thanks. Is man. that is that the word you're using for it? And then they yeah. discussed it for five minutes because they're like, look, the, the switchboard's not exactly lighting up. <laughs> we need to actually give this guy an answer. Well, that's the thing. Everything you ring in for and every every um, thing that's mooted gets uh, given oxygen for at least an hour of yeah. potentials of this could and they could and if they did this, then that. And, you know, your ultimate 22 if this happened and all this sort of shit. It just fucking, they were making something of nothing this year and it was a, it was a tough one. And I truly admire Hachuni's crew for like you know making making oh, mate, it something it's like it's incredible. Like if you yeah. you know said five years ago we're going to do two weeks of radio about the trade, you'd be like, you're fucking idiot. Like shut up. Yeah. It's a, but it's if a bad, you are, it's, get Continental Tires it, on board. It, it's a bad call. It's a foolish call. It's a <laughs> are you losing your mind call? Um, yeah. But to make it something like what it is, but then also looking at the schedule, I think they had like about 
seven different shows on during the day. So yeah, what I always loved is waking up to the the um, uh, Super Footy, um, like had like the catch up of what's happened during the day. And the first one was at six a.m. As like you know, so and so talked about this. It's like six a.m. I don't need to. I don't set my alarm to wake up and hear what happened <laughs> overnight. <laughs> like what happened at five o'clock last night is exactly going to be the same as what happened at six a.m. this morning. And they had to kind of spice things up too. So they bring in segments. I don't know if you heard that. So they had like you know games like you know Secret Sound, and um, the Secret Sound was like <laughs> no trades being done. So <laughs> that was like every day. Did you guess it? <laughs> Um, what, what's your favourite? What's your favourite trade uh, buzzword? My favourite what? Sorry, trade buzzword. So I'll, I'll help you out. Mine are um, dominoes. Oh yeah, okay. It's the dominoes. If this falls, then the dominoes will fall. So it's you're like, referring yeah, to like yeah. maybe like a three club, four club trade. Like if one yeah, happens, yeah. then the dominoes or, fall you know, in. If, yeah, yeah. If Adelaide started the Jordan Dawson thing, then that would get Sydney could get to someone else and all this sort of thing. You know that kind of thing. Or my, my ultimate favourite one that they really like to use completely and utterly out of context for any trade is Moneyball. Moneyball. They love a bit of Moneyball, don't they? They love Moneyball. And Moneyball, if you've watched the movie or read the book, it's all about getting someone specific for that role. And now it just is any fucking trade that happens in the AFL is Moneyball. And I understand the theory behind Moneyball. If you haven't seen the film or read the book, I mean, some of us are very well read. The idea of kind of filling roles, so as opposed to kind of buying, so like say a Boston Superstars. Red Sox, you know, buying, you know, $150 million worth of players and then like the Oakland A's in, in that era, like, you know, had $40 million and kind of had to buy role players and, you know, got did quite well, but at the same time haven't won the final game of the season, Adam. The final game of the season, that's what you no, got to win. You know what? You know who was a Moneyball pickup? Was Stewie Jew, right? So that, yeah. that's a perfect pickup. They got him for that role. He won them the flag. That was the end of it, right? He played that that thing that they got him in for, and that was it. But when they go, oh, Adam Cherry to Carlton, that's Moneyball, and you're like, well, it's not fucking Moneyball. He's a superstar. Adam, you're completely wrong. You're completely wrong. Okay, oh, Stewie Jew wasn't a Moneyball pick. It was a, a meatball pick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but actually the Hawthorne team of 08 kind of has been referred to as a moneyball team by the fact they were kind of, you know, some were kind of off-cast and, you know, you know, not the most glamorous people going around but filled that yeah. role and, you know, yeah. Well, a bit well, like I, Martin Pike would have been at Brisbane as well, you know, just a fucking role filler. But, fuck, when he played that role, he played it really well and it was just, you know, a big part of the team. But, fuck, they just throw it around. Everything was moneyball. It just did my head in. There's a lot of talk of salary cap pressure. I'd love to go through the whole trade radio kind of transcript and find how many times they say the word salary cap pressure. What about Hawthorne? Did you think, how, were you happy with your trade week? You, you tossed up a lot of players who said, nah, I'm not going to go. And then yeah. you backed down. Well, they talked about Mitchell going around calling up other clubs saying, hey, I got I got a bunch yeah. of players you can you can have. You just have them. Just, I, got a ch- yeah. I got a Chad Wingard if you want it. And they've gone, nah. So the people on the kind of table, it seems, Mitchell denied that he called people up and said, hey, do you want to have a crack at these players? But they said, like, it seemed to be like everybody over the age of 26 was available or on the table. So people like yep. um, uh, Jager, Tom Mitchell, I don't know how how on the table Tom Mitchell was, but, you know, um, uh, Wingard, uh, Gunston, uh, they, they didn't really mention Bruce a great deal. I seemed to want to hang on to him. But um, eventually, no, but he, got no a, he got offered up to GWS at the very end there. And oh, he did he? Said, okay, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, sure. Um, but at the end, no really bit. So, uh, 
Do you find it weird if you got offered up by your club? And it wasn't specifically offered up in terms of like, you know, we want to get rid of you. It was more like, hey, if you want to, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I reckon, had had a Victorian team come for them and offered them a fair deal, they probably would have gone, yeah, all right, I, I don't have to, I have to uproot my family, you know, I've got the fucking DJ set up in the garage, you know, because I'm a Hawthorne player and I'm a wanker. You know, um, it's a little bit like the metaphor I would think of, okay, so if Mitchell had said, hey, we don't want you anymore, it'd be a mm-hmm. bit like, say, a wife saying to a husband, I want to break up, okay, I want to break up, I don't want to see you anymore, okay. But Mitchell kind of offering them kind of like with a bit of like a, hey, like, you know, do you want to? Would be equivalent of a wife saying to a husband, I want to introduce a third person to this relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to break up, but I'd like like you to be a cuckold for a while. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know what, I'd... I want to introduce the uh, the Continental Tires Menage a Trois, <laughs> if I if I may, my love. I'm just saying, if I told you that I was going out with the girls for a few drinks and I didn't come home in the morning until the morning, oh, yeah. you don't ask questions. <laughs> you don't ask questions, and and you know what? That's what Trade Radio does to all relationships. <laughs> whips them up into a fizz, and it fucking breaks them down. That was actually a very interesting segment on Trade Radio, cuckold of the week, and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of fun. Hey, now we're getting a new documentary coming our way as well. The, the people who brought us the uh, Making Their Mark documentary, which uh, was on air earlier this year. Fuck, I can't even remember. It was earlier this year, wasn't it? Earlier this year, around about March, wasn't it? Yeah. COVID of last year. Yeah. Uh, check out Amazon Prime if you want to see it, Making Their Mark. It was a really good documentary. Followed the kind of a uh, uh, handful of players and a particular coach who might like a meatball sub uh, uh, through the 2020 season. It was actually a really good snapshot of like the pandemic year, I suppose you could put it that way. Yes, and we spoke to its uh, executive producer, Luke Tunnicliffe, earlier in the year, but they are bringing out a, a new documentary and it's about the player agents, right? So they're talking to player agents and they're going to follow them around. But there's one glaring name missing from this list. And Absolutely I, just can't, I, I don't think it could get made without this person. Right? Now so they're talking to Paul, Con- Paul Connors, Colin Young, Ben Williams and Alex McDonald. They're the mm-hmm. four agents that they're going to be following around. But on that list, I don't see one Liam Pickering. And I just say, how can you really pretend you're a proper documentary if you're not talking to... The man who has never spoken to any one of his uh, clients, Mr. Liam Pickering, doesn't know what they're doing. Stream. Wouldn't that be great to follow him around? Now, the only thing I can think, right? Okay, now I'm aware of Paul Connors. He seems to be like the kind of the the big guy at the minute, the top dog, maybe next to Pickers. I don't know Colin Young. I don't know Ben Williams. I feel like Alex McDonald is former Hawthorne and Collingwood player from back in the eighties and nineties. I feel like Alex McDonald okay. might as well have been, might as also have been the um the first ever number one draft pick back okay. after the in the 89 season if I remember correctly off the top of my head in some weird quirk that we won the flag but still got the number one draft pick maybe we handed a bunch of players to St Kilda off the top of my head but I don't think they made the f- I think they finished can I right, work out can I try and work out the can I try and work out the so they finished no, I, I thought I thought Anthony Bannock was the first ever player picked in the drafts uh, it could be because I think there were kind of different um, levels of draft as well so kind of almost like start a draft and then it became like official draft if that makes sense yeah. kind of almost like maybe when like all the teams got involved anyway St Kilda finished last 83, 84, 85, 86 didn't finish last I think they finished last in 88 
Oh, what's the 89? Anyway, there's a lot going on in my head right now. But <laughs> <laughs> None of uh, it good. So my only thought with this, okay, is that yep. maybe, okay, they've got a bunch of managers for this doco series. Yeah. But then they're filming an individual Pickers doco series. Gotcha. He's too big to share yep. the limelight yep. with these, you know, also yeah, Rams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and imagine so, so you could spend like you probably need a good two hours of just watching Pickers not pick up his phone. Yeah, yeah, and imagine the the, the interviews, like you know, having a quick chat mm. to Pickers, like, you know, quick sit down after a busy day, and being like, mm. Pickers, you know, have you talked to so and so? And you'd be like, Nah, nah, I don't, I actually don't know who he is. I've never never yeah. met that guy. I mean, I take no. I take three percent of his contract and twenty percent of his uh, endorsements, but he's. Show me a picture of him. I don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Pickers, like, say he was in charge of Adam Chera, and they go, Adam, uh, is he going to Carlton? He goes, no, nah, I have uh-huh. no idea. He goes, he's just signed with Carlton. <laughs> nah, haven't heard uh, uh, about that. He's in that room next to you, Pickers. Don't, don't know what you, nah. And then, like, heading to, like, Pickers, like, the day spa that he goes to, and he goes into the sauna, and it's, you know, 45 degrees. And he says to the camera, he says, you know what? <laughs> They should build a football field in this sauna because, as as far as I'm concerned, we're in a town, yeah. sweating, perfect fucking conditions for football. <laughs> so they're missing out. So I, I just think that, um, you know, you did a great job making the mark, but you have, well, let's call this, missed the mark because you don't have the great pickers. I'm trying to think if there's been an American... I don't think I've seen an American version of this show, which might appeal to people like... um. Uh, just to update, St Kilda did finish last uh, in the uh, 1988 season. Um, thank right. you, I, thank you. None of us would have slept had we gotten to that. I could tell you the final five off the top of my head: Hawthorne, Carlton, Collingwood, uh, Eagles, Melbourne. But I'm not sure if Melbourne or Eagles finished fifth. I think I'm going to go with Melbourne because they talked about going into the grand final. They'd finish fifth. Because I had to go the long way because the elimination process. I believe we have some footballers in real life, Michael. Uh, we do. We have. Um, Kay, can I tell you what I did today? You'll actually enjoy this. What That's I did today. That's debatable. After what I just heard going on in your head, <laughs> that is real debatable. Well, I'll tell you the 89 final series uh, Hawthorne, uh, Geelong, Essendon. What'd you do today? Melbourne, Dickhead. Collingwood. Um, I, uh, I worked on a thing for, um, uh, for one about. So, you, do you know about. Um, uh, the DC Fandom. Do you know about that? Oh, you would no. not, would you? But you know what's, what Comic Con is? DC fan. I do know. I've been to a Comic Con. Wait a second. Wait. In Australia or like the actual one in San Diego? No, in Australia, in Melbourne, I went. I oh, went gotcha. because I was doing a report for uh, Mick Malloy show on Triple M. Oh, take me I through this. What the, do you do? The, the fucking nerd ranch that is the uh, Comic Con. Uh-huh. Mate, they sell... You want to know how much of a nerd ranch it is? They sell... Um, Sewing machines there, so people can make their own costumes. Oh yeah, for cosplay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so was it Jeff Shed? It was a Jeff Shed, and I got yeah. to meet um, the guy who played. You remember Parker Lewis? Parker Lewis can't lose show? that TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him. And so he, I think that was only like a one or two series show. 
Yeah, but he he was in something else. Maybe he was in Buffy or something. Oh, actually, yeah. Okay, if they so if they yeah worked in a sci-fi thing or something, they would get attention yes. at the yeah. Gotcha. And I got to chat to Julian Dennison, the little kid from Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt from the Wilderbeast. Hunt for the Wilder People, the movie with Sam Neill, which is a great film. Uh, the oh, little, okay. The little the little Kiwi kid, you'd know his face if you'd if you've seen him. I got yeah. to chat to him. Yeah, cool, but uh, yeah, but it was just man, it was just fucking. You would have fucking loved it. It was just wall to wall dress ups and nerds. I'm not like a, I'm like I'm not. I can't say I'm a massive expert and stuff like that. I do enjoy this kind of stuff, but I, I mean, I actually really would love to go to a comic con in San Diego and kind of you know see the kind of you know because it's fucking massive. So what they've done for what they did DC fandom today was that um because they can't have comic cons with you know thousands of people and stuff like that, they just did an online event. And so they did like about a three and a half hour event um, online, but it's like showcasing all the um, new trailers and TV series and um, yep. games and stuff. And so I then I worked today on a show where online as well, where we did like kind of a like one and a half hour kind of wrap up, showing the highlights and stuff like that, a few interviews and things yep. like that. But it was fucking sick, man. Um, but the money, the money, I tell you what. Like, there's the new film from The Rock, Black Rock, and there's, like, The Batman and um, The Flash and um, John Cena's new show, Peacemaker, um, coming to you on uh, HBO Max and Binge. And because uh, <laughs> John Cena, obviously, he... Uh, yep, the wrestler. <laughs> anyway, in 1990, Eston finished top, Colin would finish second. Uh, Eagles uh, third, and then um, Melbourne Hawthorne. Um, Footballers in real life. Uh, from Josh, this morning. The morning of all big dances. So this is on Grand Final Day, obviously. This, so it's a few weeks old, but we didn't get to do footballers in real life. Um, in 1991, Eagles finished top, Hawthorne finished second. Um, uh, Geelong and St Kilda played in the final uh, in the first week. I've come down to the MCG for my exercise time to pay homage to the home of football. I find I find this actually interesting. I spotted Damien Hardwick leading about t- twelve of the Richmond boys in a lap walking around the G. Among those present were Shane Edwards, uh, the human meatball, uh, Prestia, Jaden Short, Riley Collier Dawkins, Jack Graham, uh, Ryan Mansell, and about six others. Wow, um, he has done really well with those names because uh, Ryan Mansell and is not. He's not a household name, I wouldn't have thought. Even Riley Collier Dawkins is a good good pickup. I reckon Josh. you're right. I reckon you're right. Uh, on done well. the on my second lap, I saw them cutting through the concourse, um, beelining for the club's facilities at Punt Road. Uh, all the best for the live show. Uh, I hope I see Happy Broden. Oh, thank you very much, Josh. And you did see Happy yeah. Broden. Very happy. So, what do you reckon he's? Um Dimmer's done. He's just taken him down and gone. Let's just relive a bit of the fucking magic that we have, you know, had the last couple of years. Is that I what he would be doing? I suppose so. I don't know. Actually, like I, I know in the past, like you know, teams have gone to the grand final if they've say lost the prelim to kind of give them a bit of fire. I know um, Essendon did that uh, in '99. Um, the whole team had to go. Did to Sheets the, make him go? He made them go, and then they went up to the Hilton afterwards, and he kind of gave them a bit of a speech and stuff like that. And they, 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 yeah. they probably got on the frost, and they began their endeavours for two thousand. Yeah. In two thousand, um, uh, the prelims were Essendon versus Carlton, and Melbourne versus North Melbourne. Um, anyway, uh, in the first week of the finals, it was um, 
Uh, Geelong versus Hawthorne. Get this to the next footballer in real life. Off the top of my head. I love this. Uh, from Jordan. Adam hates it. Uh, just finished up with the historic once-in-a-lifetime Perth Grand Final. Uh, sitting right behind the goals. Yes, I'm doing very well for myself. And I'm not living... Uh, I'm, I'm not in lockdown living... And anyway, I'll move on. Uh, at one of the local pubs after walking the famous footbridge. Oh, fuck, man. What a dream to get over WA and just walk that footbridge. Do you think actually the Absolutely. guys, the, the Melbourne supporters, do you think they actually... What was more important to them? Watching their team win a premiership or walking across the footbridge? Question mark, oh, they, they keep saying from prison as they're beaten daily that, um, hey, we've seen the footbridge. And that gets out of a lot of beatings because if you've done... If you've done hard time in that prison for more than like two years, you've never seen that footbridge. You don't know it exists. You really haven't. So you're like, what do you mean? You can just, how do you get across the swan? And he goes, there's a bridge. You go, what mm. kind? You, get, you drive your car. No, mm. mate. You fucking walk across it. Don't bash him today. Uh, to see a somewhat impaired, so they've gone to local pubs. Uh, yep. Probably not far from the footbridge. To see a somewhat impaired Jesse Hogan walking around, seemingly trying to find someone, but constantly getting stopped by people for photos. Uh, in order to distract these idiots, not giving the man some space, I became one of became one of them by yelling out, "Jesse, I love you," and blowing him a kiss. To which he responded by sitting <laughs> down at a table and having a chat about his life and how much he loves it at GWS and how much he loves his mum, but also <laughs> how much he hated the pressure of being a free player. Ah, oh, wow, fucking hell, Jesse's opening up. He is. He really is opening up. Uh, then suddenly his phone rings and he flashes his watch to show incoming call. Josh Bruce. Actually, it's funny because Batman uh, has a lot of... Uh, Take on. Take on. <laughs> uh, he then leaves to see his friends. I've come to realise he wasn't actually looking for people. He was indeed walking around because he has no friends as they were all playing or, oh, fuck, or doing something better. Oh, jeez. It kind of went a bit dark there for a <laughs> second. Uh, following day, nursing a decent hangover, go for coffee and brunch with a mate at Laika Cafe in uh, Leth Lane uh, to sit right next to uh, young key forward from the West Coast Eagles, Oscar Allen, and some like Josh Smith, who used to play. Allen was talking about how his knee was fine and how Kennedy was basically signed to a new deal, but for some reason the Eagles have hardly any money, so they have to... So they... Uh, they lo- Oh, they love to stuff around. Do you reckon that beer? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I think there was a story this week about um, Longmuir trying to get Kennedy over from f- Eagles to maybe do a year of playing and then go into that familiar coaching role. Yes, but he's sticking it out with the Eagles. How are, how are Josh Bruce and um, Jesse Hogan friends, by the way? Let me think, what's Josh? Oh, Josh. Was well, he played at GWS but then went to St Kilda before Jesse. Yeah, he wasn't there. there. And then went yeah. to Footscray. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, from Clancy, sorry. I was walking. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we should probably take that to the uh, the other uh, uh, the black ops, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 investigation. Find out, yeah. From Clancy, I uh, was working today down in Malabar, uh, in brackets, one of Sydney's less posh eastern suburbs. Uh, saw a man walking along with a dog and a teenage son. First thing I noticed was the Sharon under his arm. Well, look out for signatures. Could be one of Ricky's, uh, which <laughs> looked like one of those fancy two hundred dollar match balls. Well, not too far from the price for Ricky. Uh, little wonder when I realised it was the great John Longmire out for a stroll in shorts and a t-shirt. In brackets, no club colours. The dog was a big-bodied uh, chocolate lab who looked like he'd packed on a few <laughs> over the off-season. 
mate, the, the dog's allowed to get the skin folds out over the summer. He's all right. That's funny. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, cool, Thank man. Thank you, Clancy. Um, well, thanks so much for joining us. We again hit the road. We are Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. Go Blues. Yay, okay. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.